Uh, hello, I have the lovely Jane back with me again. Hiya Jane, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, good grief. Um, that's a difficult question. Yeah, I'm um, Jane, would-be author. I've just released my oh, fifth book. It's the third in the Karen Thorpe series, if you're familiar with the Karen Thorpe series, and not enough of you are. Um, and other than that, yes, I'm retired. I used to be an accountant and, and went to art school and did all sorts of things, but now I'm uh, retired and, um, and writing or trying to. Um, it's always hard, but, you know, hopefully I'm getting a bit better. And we're talking on the day after of your, uh, like you said, the third in your Karen Talk series, which was The Women Who Knew Faces. Yes. Um, how did your publication day go? Was it all right? It was It was good fun. Um, I did have to sort of do a bit of begging for sales to try and get up the ratings, but um, that's all right. So it's a really, really hard time for anyone trying to sell books at the moment. Absolutely terrible. Uh, and yeah, it was good. It, the day started badly because my, my poor pussy cat, I had to take him to the vets. Um, so so that wasn't wasn't fun. Um, but they they cleaned him up and sorted him out quite well. And he's he's back to his usual naughty self today, so that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it was good. And I was just trying to keep on top of, of messages and 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 daily life and all the rest of it. Um, yes, uh, I was looking forward, of course, to our interview, but that couldn't happen. <laughs> We're doing it now. That's fine. I've, I've got um, a big bar in front of my face. I presume it, you're not seeing that, are you? No. Okay. All right. Well, I shall carry on just with the top of my head missing, but I suppose that's that's a reasonable state to be in. But yeah, yeah. So the book, um, it's the third in the series, and I think it's the one I I've enjoyed the most so far because with comatose that that was quite hard going it was originally nearly accepted by a publisher and I then had to go back and do an awful lot of work on it and work really really hard on it to try and get it into you know what it is now and, and most people seem to enjoy it uh, Three Little Girls was actually written before comatose and that, that I always thought was a good story but what I wanted to do was bring in some author authenticity around the accents, particularly the Scottish ones. And uh, that in the end became a very, very long painstaking process in which I not only put things in, but had to take them out again. So again, that, that was a bit of a chore to produce. But this one, I can remember when I first picked it up again after leaving it for about six years, um, I began to get quite excited just reading it through myself and, and was thinking, yeah, actually, I think this is this is quite a good one. And it's different again. And that's what I'd, I'd like to think about the whole series. They, they all come at crime slightly differently. So uh, for people who haven't read it, Comatose, alongside the investigation, you've actually got um, Stella, who's in a coma, but you're seeing or hearing her unconscious mind and you're experiencing what she's going through while she's in this coma. Um, so I, I know that has been done before, but I, I've never personally seen it or read it. Three Little Girls, and that's been a little bit controversial. Some people have absolutely loved it because of the supernatural aspect. Um, and I did try and play that down, to be honest, but it still put a few people off, which is a shame. On the other hand, lots of people really loved it. So that made up for it. 
Um, but to the woman who you faces again is with all the books, I want to make the the victims. I want to make their role as important almost as as the story as the rest of the crime story, because generally speaking, the, the victims don't get an awful lot of attention. And uh, with Emma, I I particularly wanted to get her story in. Also, at the time when I originally wrote it, there was an awful lot of um, autism around. Well, I say autism around. I mean portrayals of autism, and I was reading a lot of complaints because autistic people were, were, were being portrayed as being very antagonistic and, and loud and rude and all the rest of it. And that isn't most people's experience of autism. So um, I thought, well, let's let's do something that, that's, that's maybe a bit more of a realistic character. Uh, and I, I did have help from, from people who are aware of or have the condition um, when I was writing her. And I'm absolutely thrilled at the response that I've had to her. Um, and hopefully I've done, you know, I've done a tiny bit to redress the balance in terms of how autism is portrayed. I'd like to think so anyway. Well, as you know, um, and as, as I've said, she's one of my favourite characters I've ever read. So, yeah, you've nailed it completely. Um, I was friends with um, a little, well, a little boy that I'd known since he was about five or six, I think, and watched him go into an adult and... And the views around autism were just, oh, it annoys me a lot. So to be able to, you know, to have someone portrayed with their special skills, but also, you know, as a person, instead of just an autistic person, was awesome. Mm. Well, I was thinking about where she came from, actually, and it was, it was sort of two things. Um, and, and you know with me, there are always sort of these odd coincidences. And sort of one of them happened there as well. Um, I used to work for a bank that went bust, which is, you know, obviously not good. And, and that sort of almost screwed my accountancy career, but not quite because I managed to come back. Um, but one year, um, it was a predominantly Jewish bank. So they didn't, they had seasons greetings rather than Christmas cards, but of course they still had the same sorts of celebrations at that time of year. And one year the, the the season's greeting card was a drawing of the facade of the row of buildings that we were in. So it wasn't just our head office, it was the whole row. And it was drawn by Stephen Wiltshire, who is, is a very well-known autistic artist. And I can remember at the time walking up and down the facade and there is no way you could, we probably could these days, but you know, on these long lines of there was no way you could actually capture the whole of the facade so he had to have done it from his head and he, he'd spent sort of a couple of hours studying it and then gone away and drawn this amazing line drawing I've got it up in my loft somewhere one one of these days I shall I should get there's so many things in my loft I can't get them all down otherwise that'd be silly um and the other thing that, that that's odd about that building is um after the bank went bust I ended up working in the voluntary sector and uh the building was bought by the British Heart Foundation. Now, I didn't work for the British Heart Foundation, but I did work for another major charity. And lo and behold, one day there was a big charity meeting and it was held in our old, <laughs> our old headquarters. So the place where I'd sat with the chairman of the bank, um, generally arguing with him because he, he 
I don't think he liked me very much, but I'll never like me very much. But you know, it's probably where Karen gets it from. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, and not only was I back in his office, except then it was a meeting room because it was rather grand, not quite Putin scale, but you know what I mean, pretty big. Uh, and lo and behold, not only were there lots of people that I, I did know, because uh, you know, I networked quite well, um, but there was a commuter I'd seen almost every day for years, and I hadn't even known <laughs> he worked for charities. So there you go. So that, that's a sort of coincidence and, a, and an inspiration. Uh, and the other thing is I've always seen these drawings that court artists do and been so impressed how people can get these wonderful images of people down so quickly. And when you see them on the news, and, and I, I must have gone through a phase where I was somehow connecting the two and thought, ah, <laughs> this, this is one for Karen. <laughs> That's how it all came about. Plus, I've been reading um, and researching other things, the theme of, well, the theme of the book, or the theme of the crime, I suppose. Um, and so it all seemed to fit together quite nicely. And, you know, so far, people seem to have really enjoyed it, which is great. Unfinished. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, what was the hardest part about writing the book? The research um, and also pitching it properly. Obviously, getting uh, Emma right, but also I'm I'm not um, a fan of gore unless I'm writing horror, and of course then that can be as gory as possible. And I. I don't think it's necessary. I think anyway, people's imaginations are capable of, you know, doing much more horrible things than um, than if it's if if it's written. Um, and even in some horror, I've actually been put off by by the detail of, of some of the gore. So I, I don't think it's necessary. So so that was the hardest thing. And at the time, just generally researching and, and trying to get everything together. Unfortunately, I didn't keep track of all my notes. I never do, um, so I had to sort of rely a bit on memory. But very luckily, I um, I, I bumped into um, a local lady online who um, who used to be a policewoman and, and, and used to work for Met. So I roped her in, um, and she was she was very helpful. Not basically by what she didn't say, I was comfortable that what I was writing was okay. Um, and, and there are a few things that I put in, um, not to um, not for the sake of it, but just to demonstrate that I do know a little bit about what I'm talking about. I certainly did when I did the research initially, but I can't prove that now. In fact, one, one reader did actually challenge something I'd said in the book, and that was that was quite interesting because I, I always like being challenged. Um, it's not comfortable, but it, it's it's quite useful. And this was over something I'd said, and I did have to then have to go back and search the internet to, to check that what I was saying was based in some sort of fact. Um, it, the, the actual uh, part of the, I won't say which part of the story it was, but the, the, it came from a real conversation I'd had, because when I worked in the voluntary sector, I was in, I worked for children's charities quite a bit, um, at, at a fairly high level, so I was well aware of a lot of the, um, implications of the internet uh, and so I you know I felt that from my own experience I was able to say what I said in the book but it was also nice to to sort of get some reinforcement by, by checking online and um, what was the most fun bit 
I, I, I don't fun is it fun I don't know that it's fun I think Karen's always fun I know I know people don't always like Karen some people absolutely love her but but Karen almost writes herself I, even I I know all to say this even I don't always know what she's going to say and what she's going to come out with because it, it, it it's just a sort of automatic reaction so I, I think yeah she probably provides the fun wherever she is whoever she is <laughs> I have to say she's a lot more likable now than she was in comatose. She's growing a lot on me. Yes, yes. She, but even then, people really loved her. Um, so I don't want to get her to get too too comfy. I've I've started on the last book in the series now. I haven't got very far with it because this was written as a nano rhymo actually, um, not as part of the series, but it happened. The timing happened a bit. Um, if, if people don't know what a NaNoWriMo is, it's National no Novel Writing Month, and in November you meant to write a 50,000 word novel. Um, so um, I thought, right, well, this is the time for that one, but that was that was still sort of in 2015, I think. Um, and that was also inspired by things that had happened at the time. Um, and how did I go on to that? I've completely forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about, oh, Karen, yes. Yeah. So, so this book is going to be very challenging for Karen, very challenging indeed. So I can't remember yet because I haven't got that far how well she copes with the situation she finds herself in, but it's it's going to be quite a tricky one. So hopefully it'll be a really interesting and exciting read. And did you always plan to have just four books in the series for her? No. <laughs> I've written four at the time and I come to a, a, I felt a natural end and I've still got ideas, but I, I don't think I want it to be one of those series that, that goes into sort of 10, 11, 12. I know people really like those because they get comes like Death in Paradise or um, it's Midsummer Murders. People like, the, the team, that the framework, they, they can almost anticipate what's going on. I mean, Death in Paradise, it's the same story every week, let's face it. So, you know, a group of people suddenly get together on the island, one of them dies, who've done it. Um, and it, but it's, it's, it's entertaining and it's funny and, and it's, it's nice, easy watching. Um, but I didn't want to do, I wanted to make all of mine, as I said before, slightly different. So this will be, if you like, the fourth bit of the, of the of the piece so there'll be four different aspects I mean, i'm sure i like i could think of other ways to go as well but i haven't at the moment but i may have something that will be more of a, a continuous series possibly if if people want more of her yeah with your books, like I read, obviously everyone knows I love Bliss by Tony Forder, and that's a series, and I love that. But yours, it doesn't feel like it's a series. It just feels like there are awesome stories where Karen just happens to be the cop that is on the case. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's that sort of what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it wouldn't matter so much, I don't think, if you didn't carry it on necessarily as a series because. This, it's the stories at the centre. Yeah. Good, so that's work then, that bit. 
<laughs> good. So I don't have put my foot in it either. That's good. <laughs> um, what? Which of your characters has changed or developed most since you first started writing? Well, I suppose it has to be Karen um, because she she starts. She she's not. She doesn't intend to be horrible at the beginning or unfiltered is probably the, the better expression. She's just lost a father. She'd already lost her mother when she was young. She's flailing around. She's just become a sergeant and she's got people to manage. So she's really having a tough time. So, and then, and so she's just constantly defensive she, and she's got something to prove. So I think she was always going to be quite a, a prickly character from that. Well, she could have either been a complete wimp or very prickly, but she was never going to be a wimp. Um, so and I, I think and we all mature as we as we get older and handle things differently. I, I can remember, for instance, when the first time I had to manage somebody uh, to the time when I, I was managing a, a team of 80 um, in a massive office. And, I, you know, people would they didn't call me sir, actually. <laughs> but, uh, they called my, pre, my predecessor sir. And I, ha I had a. Um, a PA sort of sitting in a little little office outside, sort of guarding the door, um, and and you learn how to deal with people, how to manage people, and 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 how to behave as you go through through that you know, as you go through life. And certainly, I think my career probably helped with that. And and Karen, although I, I obviously was never a, a policewoman, Karen is learning as well as she goes, and people are seeing that she's learning, and and I think that's I think that's good. I think she was always a good person, just a bit unfiltered. <laughs> um, if you were to pick a fictional character as a date for Karen, who would you choose? Oh, wow. <laughs> Will Smith? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? If I, if I was cleverer, I, I was going to put an image of Chris Rock and Bad Rock, but I, I, can't, I haven't been able to do it, so I, I, I haven't done that. Um, I don't know because, yeah, I, I, I don't know who, there, there wouldn't be many men that would take her on really. Um, and yet uh, she's underneath, she, she's got heart of gold, hasn't she? Um, so is there anybody who's like John? I'm just, well, can you think of anyone that's like John? Sort of really placid and clever, but, but nice with it? I don't know. Maybe no um, a guy from the Malcolm Holland Drake series whose name escapes me, uh, Owen. Okay. He, um, he's very placid, very clumsy, but very clever as well. Oh, I don't think Karen could cope with clumsy, could she? No, probably uh, not, actually. No. Uh, no, well, we'll have to, I'll have to chew that one over. Um, but yeah, I can't, no one immediately comes to mind. <laughs> You said you wanted to be challenged, so. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I'd throw one at you. <laughs> um, what is your favourite word? <laughs> my favourite word. My favourite clean word. I, I, it's, I say I have a whole string now. It's got longer by the ears of... <laughs> No, but I won't, I won't sit in, in polite company. Not, not mind you, not that polite, are you? Um, what's my favourite word? Oh, that's like asking what's my favourite colour. Um, what's my favourite word? 
I well, the words that I used. Oh, <laughs> we got we got company. <laughs> Hello, I can't see her because she's blocked out by this the thing I've got in front of me. Um, I don't know. I there are words that I overuse. Like I spent a lot of writers do, like like just. But there's no particular word I want to. Um, I, I feel like I need to strike. I've got a whole list of words on my wall. Oh, oh, uh, there were four. It's a word I used to use a lot. Oh, it was a nice big long word. I can't. Well, there's oh voluptuous. I can see in front of me. Um, uncensored, restricted, un unexpected. Sorry, I'm. I'm um, I don't know. Full of shit, ha! <laughs> oh, I said every word. <laughs> that, yeah, that, I'll think of it. It'll, it will pop up. There is a word I used to like when I was working, particularly. Um, you know, that I used to use quite a lot, but I can't remember it now, and I don't think I've ever used it in a book. Good question. Completely flawed me. <laughs> I know, I'm on it. Ah, um... oh, I saw. Oh, not this is how sick I am. Yay! I've got rid of the little block and I can see Trixie. <laughs> Has she seen me? Hello? Trixie! Trixie! Woo! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> She's so sweet. You're fine, Trix. Don't worry. I, I don't need to see. It's fine. You just got your big butt in the way. How am I supposed to see? <laughs> there we go. I can see a little bit now. Oh, she's gorgeous. She is. She's a pain in the bum, though. Oh, they all are. <laughs> I'd get pepper, but uh, might have um, might have a fight. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> you in the way? <laughs> um, what was I just gonna ask you? Oh well, I, well I'll, let me fill you in with another coincidence, because because I should I should blame Linda Checkley for this one. When I was, well, actually, it was when I was working in John Lewis, because that, that came up on, on, on something else um, as a teenager. I used to go to foils a lot and, and I would buy books. And in those days, um, they had this really weird ticketing system. I don't think you're actually allowed to touch the books. You could go and look at them on the shelves and then you had to fill in forms and then go to the cashier and then they would retrieve them for you. It was really, really I don't know if anyone else is old enough to remember all that, but it's quite, quite complicated. Um, and then when I went to art school, St Martin's was literally slap bang next door to foils. Um, and so that sort of reminded me of the days when I used to buy books. And then I was buying art books all the time, but I couldn't afford to buy them in foils. I was getting them in the works, places like that. Because you know, <laughs> um, And I had to, uh, my, my studio space was on the 10th floor of, of St Martin's. And there were no lifts or anything. So th there was a there was a sort of extension bit where there was a lift part of it, um, but not in the main building. So every time I, you know, had to go in or come down or go out, I had to do these ten flights of stairs. So that kept me fit. So that was quite good. Anyway, to cut a long story short, um, when Foils was knocked down, they actually moved into St Martin's. So now Foils occupies my old art school. And I, I did go in once. Uh, I haven't had time to try and get to see if you can get to the 10th floor anymore, but I would love to see what my old studio space looks like now it's foils. I also went up to one of the assistants and tried to persuade her that stocking my books 
given that I was an art student in this very building several years before, would be a really nice thing. And perhaps they could do a, a book signing event for me. Unfortunately, they didn't take me up on it, but it was worth a try. But yeah, so so it's odd how, who would have predicted that my art school would have ended up as foils? Do you know what I mean? It's, but yeah, these things happen. Especially yeah, to me. it's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's been the hardest part of uh, your writing career so far? Selling. <laughs> Um, you're right <laughs> yeah do, do, have you told everybody that you're not well and you shouldn't really be doing this <laughs> yeah oh yeah everyone knows I'm fine just yeah. it's chilly <laughs> yeah um, yeah the the, I, the first draft I find is very easy and that's that's why they call it the vomit draft it's just sort of all comes out and, and sometimes I can't type fast enough. In fact, I'm rubbish at typing and I'm a bit dyslexic, so I can't even read what the hell I've written half the time. But once you've got inspired with an idea, it's, it's really good. But then the, the next hardest bit is the first edit, because all you're doing is going, oh, my God, why did I say that? And I would continually write the same sentence almost identically, but, you know, sort of two lines apart. And it's just a product of a, a manic mind which is why my advice to everybody is go away and leave it and come back and then read it again. Because if I'd reread it straight away, I wouldn't have spotted that. I'd have been in the same zone. Um, so yes, so that's the next bit. And then the, the worst bit really is, is the editing and, and spotting things that, that you didn't spot before um, or even better, well, not, worse, not better, not worse, when other people so beta read and, and spot things you haven't spotted before. Um, and, oh my God, how can I not see that? Um, but you can honestly look at a manuscript forever and still not spot certain things. I think the, the worst mistake was actually in Sinister Sisterhood. I say the worst because it, it, it was genre changing. Um, I started off with a nice little sequence with a pretty little form gambling in the woods, but it was spelled F-A-U-N. <laughs> is a bit magical <laughs> um, and no one spotted that one and because I'm a bit dyslexic I do write phonetically so that's probably how it happened um, and I, I do like I, I write one as in the number one w-o-n all the time all the time and there, there are other words that I, I get horribly wrong so um, and then then the biggest the most horrible thing of all is trying to get it on Amazon and all, particularly the Kindle version, I've now just about mastered um, the paperback, but the Kindle version, I was having severe problems. And now they, they someone, um, it was LB, I think, who, who told me about um, Moby versions being accepted on Kindle. So that worked for one of them. And then Amazon stopped allowing Mobys and you had to use Kindle Create. And I found, I, I did, I did, three little girls on Kindle Threat, but I had to manually adjust every single indent. And it took days to do. And it's just soul destroying work. It, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's achieving anything. It's just so people don't put in their reviews. And the spacing was all over the place, you know? 
Um, but I have found that there is a slight shortcut now on, on Kindle Create. So I found that about half the way through where you can do a sort of section at a time rather than, I hope I remember it for the next bloody book. Um, but um, yeah, so, so that's the hard. It is disappointing when, when you don't sell because you put your life and soul into something. And it's not that people don't like it because people do. I mean, there are so many good books, but that's the thing, there are so many good books out there that who's going to wake up one morning and think, oh, I'm going to buy Jane Patrick's book because they don't even know who I am. Do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and you just think, well, what, what can I do? What, what can I do to try and get more out there? And I know I'm not alone in that. Um, and it is just, well, the world's, the publishing world's changed, you know, 360 degrees, hasn't it? And it's really hard. But on the other hand, no one's making me do it. Um, <laughs> so I can't, I can't yeah. say anything about myself. <laughs> I tell you what, though, when you get that, you know, those good reviews, um, it does make it all feel worthwhile. Um, so, uh, so that's good. Yeah. So th there is always a reward for it. Um, which leads me nicely to my next question. What five words would you like to be remembered by as an author? She did something quite different. Do you think I'm different enough with the series? <laughs> and the, all, all my books are a bit different. And I, I haven't even written the, the murder mystery about the sanitary town yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I have got a first draft. But I haven't, um, I haven't actually. Is that the one you sent me a bit of? Oh what yes, I did, didn't I? Whatever, <laughs> one night, and I was like, <laughs> "It's got to be done. It's got to be done." I was laying in bed, and I was like, "Well, we, we, we're getting much more information now." There was, I've seen an advert um, recently about. Um, um, what's the, oh, I can't remember what the term is, about people not talking about periods and, and what it's like. And I, for God's sake, half of the world's population have periods for a large chunk of their lives. Why are we so, you know, why, there's this old attitude, Victorian attitude, you can't talk about things like that. Whereas men, they're getting their, what's it, out all over the place. Well, maybe not all over, do you know what I mean? It's, it's so literally all over the place. <laughs> I don't know why they're so fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it away for God's sake. <laughs> so, um, yes. How else did I get onto that? Why did I get onto that? Oh, yes, my, my novel. Well, it's a novella, actually, that one. Even I couldn't make that go to a full-length novel. <clears throat> oh, you've got me going all ticket now. Um, yeah, no, it'd, it'd be nice to think that that I mean, no one in my family is remotely interested in any of my books. So it'd be nice to think that one day maybe my grandchildren will pick up one of my books and think, oh, my grandma did that. Do you know what I mean? Um, that, that'd be nice. But, um, but you know, I, well, none of us are going to be remembered for much, are we? But yeah, let's not go there. Not many of us. Depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all. You can adopt me and then I'll be proud of you. But <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the oddest thing a reader has ever asked you? Um, 
oh, I think it would have to be, will you be my friend? You, you have got a nice profile, but they're not readers, are they? So that's true. I don't think anyone's asked me anything um, really odd. I don't think I've got enough readers to do that. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, no. I reckon if you went back through some of our conversations, there's some old questions in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I don't. I, I, I can't remember if anyone's yeah asked me anything anything strange at all um no sorry sorry try again another question no, no. I was just interested <coughs> um and what do your readers mean to you oh oh they're wonderful well most of them I've, I've actually got a few very dear friends or readers who've become friends and um they're very supportive and um and it, it's very nice that uh, I know that almost whatever I write, they'll they'll appreciate, and and it, it's it's good. They don't um, they don't always leave reviews or, or say very much, but they will tell me how much they've enjoyed the book, and that's that's great because I don't think anything I've ever written is going to be life changing. But if it's something that makes that people really enjoy, makes them feel better, or they are you know they get a kick out of, I think that's great. So so that's something I can do. Not like my poems. I wish I, I put a poem up today because there was um, uh, probably a lot of people don't know I write silly poems, but uh, so I haven't done any for quite a while. But there's a, a feature on um, on Sky News about this flower. Um, it was it had a different name to the the name I'd used, but I, I my husband said to me once, I was saying oh, I like I could write a poem or anything, and he said. I bet you can't write a poem with it's not to be sniffed at, can you? In it, sorry, you can't. Bet you can't write a poem with it's not to be sniffed. And immediately, I thought of the corpse flower, which is something that apparently will kill you if you sniff it. And so I wrote a little poem, and it was there was a, the same flower, although it was called something different on the news today. So that reminded me and prompted me to post my little poem, which a few people found quite amusing, even though they have no idea until I've just amended my post why I posted it. Probably think, oh, it's just Jay being bonkers again. But yeah, I love it when people like my poems. <laughs> so, they're very, very Talking silly. about that just next to me, I think you can see there. Oh, wow, yes. <laughs> been on my wall since you gave it to me. Oh. And there it will stay. I got a frame for it and it stayed oh. what, maybe two years now, I think. Yep, Excellent. on the bedroom wall. Yeah, well, Jane special. I haven't really done any for, for a while. I ought to. The, the, again, the trouble is with the poems, um, I did try and, and get some of them published and I got a brilliant illustrator. I mean, I'm an artist, but illustration is something completely different. And it was, we just couldn't get anyone to, you know, to take them up. I see um, Zoe's um, calendar jokes every so often. And I think, oh my God, my, my, cartoons would be so much better than hers and the, and the, the poems because um, I thought they'd be ideal for a calendar but I'd have to I suppose write 365 of them which might be a bit of a stretch but um, you never know anyway sorry right where were we <laughs> my calendar again is book related but... oh okay <laughs> it's all his books I'm guessing that's it's all there. <laughs> it is we have a, a family calendar. I say we have a family calendar. We do not buy the family calendar. But everyone else in the family, and I mean my husband's family, because there are a lot of them, um, have this, this calendar. And it's all of 
photos of the family and I get in there which is really annoying because I'm almost invisible in 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 family photos normally but that they one of my sisters always managed to get pictures of me in there I only see it when I go to see my in-laws but um yeah my my calendar's got tigers on it <laughs> it would be good if it had my jokes on it my cartoons on it <laughs> I'd have it you'd have to beat Mr Forder to it though <laughs> <laughs> But it's my only calendar, so obviously I love it. Although March should have been darker days to come because that book just dominated my whole March. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. <laughs> and they're after it, but they're not quite dark now, are they? I suppose we're nearly in March, but it has been pretty dark, hasn't it? It's been, I, I tell you what, it, it has been the most miserable months, and you know, I know probably, probably don't want, won't talk about the more, but I mean, I, that's just. That's just dulled everything for me. I think um, it, it's been so desperate watching the, the scenes on the news, and it's it certainly made me horribly depressed early on. Um, you sort of get acclimatised to it, which is horrible because the people still living it are not ever going to get acclimatised to it. Um, but um, but yeah, let's hope that they they get some peace soon and something comes of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, awful. Um, okay, let's go to some more fun questions then before it gets too dark. <laughs> yeah. um, if money were no object, what would you do for a day? Um, oh, these, these are really difficult questions because I'm incredibly lucky. I've not that I'm incredibly wealthy, but I've, I've I've probably done most of the things I've wanted to do. You know, I had um, a few ambitions in my twenties, and I've sort of done. You know, obviously my ambitions weren't weren't high enough, far enough. Um, but I mean, the biggest one was meeting Alice Cooper, which I I've done twice now. Um, and yeah, um, I'm really I'm wrecking your questions, aren't I? And I'm not I'm not a thing person either. I, I don't yearn for jewellery or perfume or fancy clothes or anything like that. I don't I've got so much stuff that I've accumulated over the years anyway. I do not need any more. Um, so there's nothing I, I, I need or want, which is to be honest, a brilliant position to be in, isn't it? Um yeah. so yeah, I'm very lucky. Um I am hopefully going to Alaska soon which I'm sure will be wonderful and my geography is rubbish but it does feel a bit too close to Russia to me <laughs> but, um, so that that would be somewhere on my list and to see a bit of Canada actually yes so to go to Canada that's always been on my list so doing that and that actually is something I'm hopefully going to do but our last two holidays were cancelled because of first COVID and then my husband falling down the stairs trying to encourage the cat to go downstairs and breaking his shoulder which is apparently impossible to do but he still managed it no even at the hospital they said oh no he won't break his shoulder it doesn't happen and then when he went for an x-ray the, the the nurse said oh no we'll we'll get away to you just to be able to say sorry he won't break your shoulder that, that only happens if you're kicked by a horse or you're a, which is potentially possible here actually or in a car crash and she came back and said oh you broke your shoulder <laughs> No, it's not funny. It's not funny at all. This poor bloke was an athlete. 
but um, I think he's all right now, moving around okay. So hopefully nothing will happen before this, this holiday. Yeah, fingers and everything crossed. I couldn't believe it when you messaged me that. I was like, no way, no way. Twice, twice. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, so in that sense, I'm very lucky, been very fortunate, and I've done almost everything that I've, I've ever wanted to do. I can tell you things I would never do in a million years, if that helps. I'd oh, jump then. out of a frigging plane. Or, <laughs> yep. or even go up in an air balloon. We did ha actually have one land in the field behind us uh, a couple of years ago. And the owners were very cross. I remember reading a terrible story, which I probably shouldn't tell because it will put everyone else off going into a balloon, up in a balloon. But oh, I'll tell you anyway, because probably not many people will watch this or they have. Um, yeah, there's an awful accident where a guy was in the balloon and they knew that the balloon was kaput and they were all going to die. And he, the last thing he did was phone his wife to tell her he loved her, but he was going to die and he did. So it was, um, it was awful. Um, yeah. So yeah, sorry, I've brought the tone down again, haven't I? Because... No, that's yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on. When I was in um, Florida, in the morning we could see all the hot air balloons going up which was really cool to see but yeah I wouldn't go in one there. No, it just doesn't feel quite safe does it with a bag of air like just no <laughs> the first time I got on a plane I had to be pushed on that that was reflected in in a bit of Karen actually and in, in the woman who knew bases because um and obviously at her age you didn't expect her to be on the plane but I remember when I went on a plane um it was to Finland actually the first time and uh, I, I just I could not believe the size of it and I thought how can this go up in the air and stay there I'm not getting on it and uh, weight of people behind me I had to but I was absolutely you know clenching the whole way <laughs> yeah that's for cleverer people than me to figure out how that I, I've no idea how that works um what's the most daring thing you have ever done <laughs> Oh, um, well, I've zip wired. I did that, which is quite fun. Um, I don't think that's probably very daring because there were lots of other tourists doing it. I climbed the roof of the O2 and, and I was up that like a rat up a drain pipe. So I really enjoyed doing that. Um, other than that, I'm probably not very daring. We've got a tiny airfield quite near us and I haven't dared to go up on one of the little planes yet because I, I, in theory I could do that. Um, so no, I'm, uh, I have, have done something very daring, which I haven't told you about yet, and I'm not going to for a long time, but I might do one day. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's probably that's probably the most daring thing. I'm gonna climb zip wire and climb the O2. That's cool. Two things I'd never do. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what was I just going to ask you? Oh, who would you have play um, you in a movie of your life? Oh, blimey. Uh, I'll tell you what, somebody once, when I was wearing a hat, you couldn't see much of my face, said I looked a bit like Diane Keaton. But <laughs> I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure she wouldn't uh, want to do it. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't really think of things like that. I, I, 
The That's only... why I'm here to ask. I know. So I, do don't, think. <laughs> I don't have any any crushes or girl crushes or man crushes anymore other than oh other than uh, uh, Zelensky I mean everyone's got a crush on him at the moment don't they yeah um, <laughs> it's a big time <laughs> no I was oh I, I I tell a lie Richard Armitage but obviously he wouldn't play me um he'd have to play my husband which would be would be a bit difficult but very nice very enjoyable if I was playing me I don't know that that's I can't answer that question <laughs> Well, you can play you and then have Rich Sovereign play yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apart from the fact he's two foot tall and a different colour. <laughs> yeah, minor details, it's fine. <laughs> There's CGI these days. You I, nearly, I nearly touched him once, actually. We went to see, um, oh, God, what was the play? Um, it was all about the witches. Um, oh, I'm going to forget because I can't remember it. And he, and he literally walked past me and I could have grabbed him. As I could have grabbed Chris Freckleson's toes when we see Macbeth and strapped on him. I could have just was that close, but I didn't grab the myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been weird. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been worried have kicked out and kicked me in the face, actually. <laughs> well, that yeah, was almost back to sort of Chris Rock territory, isn't it? But not um not, um, not two of the guests and or the guests in the compare. It'd have been uh, Ticket paying attendee and, and an actor that would be quite fun. What have you done? Maybe I should go again. No, I won't get the opportunity again. Right, moving, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Go on, ask me another question I can't answer. <laughs> um, okay, on a scale of one to ten, how funny would you say you are? Funny, me, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. I've got a weird sense of humor. And and sometimes I think people find me very funny, and and sometimes they don't. I mean, like Sinister Sisterhood. Some people absolutely loved that and got the humour and 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 loved it. Um, and other people, I mean, someone wrote a really long. I probably mentioned this before, actually, a really long uh, review, saying how she'd really try hard. She bought the paperback and the ebook, and she still couldn't get it. And she was sorry because she, obviously a lot of people loved it, but she couldn't get the humour. And um, that's the thing with humour. I mean, there are books I've read that just leave me cold and other people are falling around laughing at. So, um, so I, I don't know. So let, well, let's go for I'm, I'm five, maybe. So I'm mediocre funny. And, and some people will think I'm funnier than that. And other people think, Ooh, who the hell does she think she is? She's not really funny. I don't know. It's important to be funny. So I, so I have my, oh... Oh, I've just had a rejection on the screen. No, go away. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I thought it was going to go off. <laughs> oh, well, here we go. Right. Um, well, actually, um, I don't think I have any more questions, um, except for what you're working on at the minute and what's come next for you. Okay, right. Well, the next one is um, the fourth Karen book, um, and that's The Schoolgirl and the Seamstress. And that is going to be her biggest challenge ever because it, it's sort of based on the schoolgirls that went to Syria at the time of ISIS. So this is the challenge I wanted to throw at her to see how she could cope with it and what she could actually do and how far she could get. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that will... Um, that will keep me busy. I, I say again, I wrote this as a NaNoWriMo, 
So it's, it's really messy at the moment. I'm also, I mean, whereas with women who knew faces, I was sort of tackling autism. With this, I'm sort of tackling religion a little bit. So I've got to be very, very careful and tread very sensitively. Um, but obviously in, in this, this particular story, it's something that, that's quite important to the, to the characters. And, uh, and I've, got to, I've got to try and get that right. So it'll be quite difficult to do, but I'm going to be lining up a few people to, um, to help to make sure that, I mean, it doesn't need to be absolutely perfectly accurate. It's just got to be acceptable and not offensive to anybody. So that'll be quite a challenge. Yes, well, as always, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. No, thank you very much. And, and I wish you better. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.